Second player press start. Hello and welcome back uh, from a long hiatus um, to second player press start. Uh, this is a podcast about video games and as always, I'm joined by my my best friend, um, not sitting on my couch, but sitting on the digital couch. First time, first time. For the first time. Yeah, we're recording this remotely as, um, as you all know, we're under a global pandemic. And um, yeah, uh, we kind of wanted to try recording a episode remotely. So hopefully this sounds okay. Um, Darren sounds good on my end, so yeah. Yeah, I sound good on my end too. Oh, <laughs> oh, um, hi. Yeah, so it, it's been a while since we've done one of these. I think we had some like life stuff happen in both of our lives, and just got busy, and then this whole thing happened, and then yeah, we haven't had a chance to kind of sit down and talk about video games. Correct. Um, correct. But today we we took the opportunity to um, play for about an hour, I think, an hour, two hours. Yeah, seems about right. Um, and I played a little bit beforehand and you did also. Um, so the game that we're going to be talking about today is DC Universe Online. Uh, not to be confused with DC Universe, which I found out is like a subscription service for all of like DC stuff. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. One's called DC Universe, and then the other's called DC Universe Online. Hmm. Um, but this is a free-to-play... Um, what's the acronym? MMO or MMORPG? Mamorpaga? Mamorpaga. Yeah, that one. It's developed by Dimensional Inc. Games which I'm sure is just a company that was uh, set up to develop this one game. And it's published by Daybreak Game Company, which handle um, a bunch of uh, MMOs from EverQuest to hmm. um, Planetside and Interesting. Yeah, a bunch of them. Um, yeah, this game came out in 2011, um, which seems like such a distant memory. <laughs> um, yeah, it was uh, initially released on the PC and PlayStation 3, um, which now support has been removed for that. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's on PS4 it's, now, too. Or yeah, it's instead. on PS4, Xbox One, and even the Nintendo Switch has a version, which wow. is kind of interesting. Um, so, yeah, we both played uh, this game on our personal computers. Mm-hmm. Um, Darren, I believe you downloaded it from Steam. Yeah, I got access to it through Steam, and you went through their main website on PC. And then when I had originally played this a week or two ago, it was because my friend, uh, who's also in quarantine, wanted to be able to play with me, and he's only got consoles. So we found out he could play on his PlayStation, and I downloaded a PC, and we had some had some fun through that. So... Um, yeah, it's definitely a neat trend that uh, games are kind of going like this multi-platform um, direction, which I'm all for because it now leads to, you know, playing with friends who, you know, they might not have a PlayStation 
and you might have a PC and then you can at least kind of connect that way. Sure. Which is really cool. Um, yeah, so I I think I did play this game like on the PlayStation 4 back in 2013 because I think that's when it first came out okay. on that platform. Um, I don't even think I made it past the tutorial. Um, hmm. I think it was just one of those things that didn't grab me right away, so I just kind of put it down. Um, so I was surprised that this game was still even running because hmm. um, it, right. it had been so long since... Um, I initially tried it um as was this kind of your first time playing this or have you you checked know, it out in the past that's a good question i'm trying to remember some of it seems familiar but it's possible that because there's there's been a few other superhero mmos uh champions online and there was a there's a marvel one and there was I'm trying to remember the Par- paragon studios or something like that there was like I don't know, it was another superhero MMO, and I just don't remember the name of it, but it was it was old school now. It goes back well before this one first launched. So I could just be conflating it, because they all they all feel very similar. Right. Have you played any other MMOs beyond this one? Um, I've played EverQuests, uh, maybe more than one of them. Um, played WoW. I've played uh, Tabula Rasa, which was a Richard Garriott game. Um that had a short lifespan, but was actually the only MMO I ever paid a subscription to because ah. yeah, just something about the lore and the, some of the, the visuals and some of the story elements of it were really compelling to me. Yeah. I think the only MMO that I've tried was wow. Hmm. Um, I tried that not too long ago, but um, I jumped in at like the bottom ends, you know, the free tier. Right. Um, and I played that for a few hours one night, and it was a lot of um, kind of fetch questy stuff. Sure. Um, yeah. I'm sure from what I've heard of that game, like you kind of see the the benefits once you get to kind of higher levels. But hmm. um, yeah, I didn't invest too much time. Um, so this is really the only kind of second time that I've tried a MMO. Um, right. Right. Uh, did you want to kind of talk about the setup of the game? Um, kind of starts with a a pretty crazy kind of intro cinematic um yeah if i remember correctly i watched this like a few weeks ago now but it was it was all like rendered cg stuff right yeah and i mean they had you know proper voice actors i think it sounded like the batman uh was voiced by batman the animated series kevin conroy so there's that um they had, you know, big CG battles and they had this big fight sequence and whatnot. And yeah, that was um, kind of I, I struggled a little bit to kind of um, follow the plot as far as I could tell. Um, That's because DC Comics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as, correct me if I'm wrong, but so there's Brainiac who um, is trying to conquer the world the universe yeah some um, it's some kind of like ai type ultron character like ultron from marvel universe yeah um, but i think there's some similarities there again i don't know a lot of brainiac so if there's big dc fans out there you can definitely correct us on twitter or other social media or whatever but it seems like this kind of rogue ai type character who can like mind control people and devices and stuff like that and then Lex Luthor from the future visits the superheroes of the present to warn them 
about Brainiac's plans of like conquering all kind of a thing. Right, right. Is that kind of in line of the story? I, I think so. Something like that. Like I, I get the feeling that the combat sequence we saw at the beginning, this big battle, and they're fighting like Lex Luthor and these other villains and stuff. And it's just it's just a way to showcase the superhero versus supervillain setup at the beginning. Um, so they have this big battle sequence, and then there's this uh, break in the action where you realize that uh, the world's going to be destroyed by Brainiac. And then we go back to find out that future Lex Luthor comes back to tell present Justice League of America and villains and whatnot that this is going to happen, so they need to work together, something kind of like that. Um, And then Brainiac starts um, inhabiting civilians, or no? Well, it's, yeah, there was, the idea is that there's like these nanobot type things that are essentially giving humans superpowers, and that's, Brainiac's technology, but it's Lex Luthor that made it happen. And the idea is that the more people in the world that have superpowers, the more people that the villains or the superheroes can like co-opt to fight off Brainiac. So it it just gives a setup for this kind of open world MMO where now it at least kind of makes sense that everybody, every one of the player characters is a superhero and there's like you know millions of them across the globe and they all have new superpowers and and that kind of thing and they're all being trained by supervillains or superheroes across the world so it's just like a setup for that kind of mmo setting um yeah so once that kind of finishes you're then i guess you're one of these civilians that turns into a superhero and uh, you're presented with um kind of a create your own character kind of thing um which actually i thought was pretty well done yeah i agree i agree that was one of the more like how can i say it like eyes on screen focused in focused parts of the game so far for me like i spent more focused attention on character generation than i did once i got into the game because i was running it even though i'm on my pc i was running it on a controller just like a Xbox controller. And it gave me, like I had more constant engagement in character creation than I did in the game. Cause I felt like in the game I could sit back and just kind of run around and look at the world and punch things. But in character creation, I was like, Oh, like look how I can change the color of the costume and look how I can mess with my powers. And it just, there was so much going on there that I just felt I don't know, maybe it was the time of day or maybe it was that I hadn't played superhero or done superhero much of anything in a long time. But I just found that really engaging to just dig into like a really in-depth character generator. Yeah, I mean, you could kind of customize your all the little, little colors. And um, yeah, I thought it was it was pretty well done. Um, so why don't you describe uh, your character? So you ended up creating. Sure, sure. So there's there's a few things that are kind of global in the game in terms of there's kind of roles and types of superhero abilities. So because it's the DCU universe, and I guess this would happen in any superhero game, but you have to have your your like superpower Superman type character. So flying has to be a way to traverse. Um, but then if you have flying as a way to traverse, if not everybody flies, you have to have super speed as a thing and you have to have being able to climb buildings and stuff just so that there's some sort of semblance of balance between character types. You also have this global aspect of character roles or types of 
power. So you have things like, you know, magic or you have science or you have technology, like say a Batman type character um, that might have um, some sort of gadgets or weaponry or things like that versus somebody that shoots blasts out of their hands or their eyes or something like that. So you kind of pick these different categories and that sets you up for the types of abilities and skills, powers and actions you can do in the game. But then you also get to do a lot of customization in terms of the look of your character. And mm-hmm. I mean, there's it's pretty standard on that side of it. I remember talking about um, gender in games, one of the one of the topics we went through, and how games like the new Cyberpunk and stuff were kind of letting you play in that space with a lot more um, inclusivity and variability. Whereas this, going back to 2011 character generation, you have male-female body types, um, and both are very superhero-oriented. So the 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 woman's body figure is, you know, very curvy, very um, um, like prototypical, beautiful stereo body type stereotype, as well as the yeah. the male body type. Similar, uh, you have a little bit of uh, you can choose um, like a range of large to small bodies, but all they do is kind of really shrink the character model um, True, yeah. or make the character model bigger. Um, and then there's a little bit of a range from like, uh, how, how, how did they d- define it? It wasn't small to large, but it was like, how muscular or how curvy do you want to be? So yeah. if you, if you want to be like huge chested and that's man or woman, huge chested or like slimmer kind of more, agile skinnier type and those were that was kind of the range in the body types um yeah it it definitely it actually brought me back to um when i used to you know we were pretty heavy into comic books and kind of the the mid 90s to late for sure for sure and um yeah a lot of those um like a lot of the art around that time was very much in this vein of where you know the the women kind of look like supermodels, um, and but, the men are but just not, kind not of... fashion supermodels, though. Like no, more <laughs> like uh, like Playboy kind of centerfolds, I guess. Right, right. Um, and yeah, the men are just kind of beefcakes in a sense, right? For sure. Yeah. Um, and it's it's interesting because we when we did talk about gender in games and and how what those ranges look like and and kind of the difference between feminine features and masculine features and stuff like this. Um, A lot of my engagement in the character generation was in just the sheer amount of things I could do with, with facial features and eyes and costumes and um, hair and, and colors and all this types of stuff, as well as the superpowers that I mentioned earlier. Um, But it was just for, you know, as far as the body types go, I couldn't, exactly do a thing that i had imagined or that i wanted or even if i wanted to build quote unquote my character based on me i probably couldn't find a body type that looked like me in any capacity um there's just not that range in there yeah i actually did start off trying to build someone that kind of resembled me well Um. (laughs) yeah it's it's interesting because when you when you have the lore set up from the very beginning that normal people are being turned into superheroes um You'd think maybe there would be an option there just to have your superhero look like a normal person, but that wasn't really the case. No. Yeah, I I think I ended up um, 
yeah, once I kind of realized that I couldn't build a character that kind of looked like me, um, I kind of just went in the opposite direction and uh, built kind of a, a gothy looking um, super woman-y kind of character. Right, right. Yeah, and I ended up with, because um, I first started with some of the superpower ability type things, and there was one in there that was nature, and it kind of sounded like poison ivy. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I, So I went down that track, but then when it got to some other choices, it turned out that I also had a bow and arrow, which didn't really fit with that at all. It was kind of really weird, um, but it was okay because it gave me an opportunity to try something that I hadn't seen before. So I had these weird like vine and poison abilities, and then I also shot a bow and arrow and could climb walls. So nice. yeah, I didn't. It was it was interesting because I didn't really have a concept going in. I just every time I had a new choice to make, um, I just pick something and and that kind of gave me an idea for the next thing. Um, and yeah, even even my superhero costume was like I had a butterfly symbol, and it's like. Well, I guess kind of because my character had nature powers, maybe sort of that that worked, but who knows? Yeah, I just kind of leaned into, since there were a lot of sexy options, I just went, okay, let's just make a, a sexy looking character. So, right. Um, right. yeah, that's what I kind of leaned into. Yeah, there was, there was, um, going back to some of the, the skin type body type options. One of the things that I was able to do was find, um, like a skin type that was like green with like vine type things. It wasn't, it wasn't super like uh, realistic or anything. It looked almost, almost more like tattoos than it did like vines. But I guess that goes back to the character models that were there, you know, almost 10 years ago now. So, right. But it, I mean, my character didn't look bad in terms of the, you know, the number of polygons or whatever. I thought it was a decent, a decent model for the era and i feel like it's probably been going back to 2011 it's probably been updated since then is my feeling just looking at some of the character models yeah i'm sure they've probably added some options over time um and yeah even running around the city i didn't really i thought maybe i would run into the issue of like oh that character looks exactly like me but right um, right for the brief time that I played, I didn't run into any doppelgangers, I guess. Sure. Yeah, the only thing that I saw was that um, I feel like you and I and and the, my friend that I had played with earlier as well, we had spent a fair amount of time building a character that we were excited about. And all three of us, you, me, and, and my friend, all have superhero comics and stuff in our past, right? Yeah. So to dive into this, you know, five, ten years after we kind of got out of that uh, or even 20 years, right? Depending on how much you've been in, steeped in that um, over the years. I mean, I am I still buy comics from time to time these days. Uh, a lot of the comics that I read are generally not superhero, um, unless they're from, how can I say it? They're not standard stereotype superhero. They might involve heroes with, or characters with superpowers, but generally uh, a little more nuanced in terms of uh, focusing on drama over like pulp stuff but right. that aside the fact that the three of us got to kind of develop a character um coming from a past in some capacity a past of superheroes in our lives i feel like we spent more time on it than maybe the average person might uh in terms of character generation that's just kind of a gut feeling because i did see characters in the game who had 
the default hair, the default costume and so on, and hadn't really people that didn't really design a character as much as they just, uh, you know, pick, pick the body type and then started the game as fast as possible. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed that character creation process. Um, obviously I wish there could have been, you know, more options to kind of tailor, um, a character that I would really want to play as, but sure. Um, even with the options that they had, um, it was varied enough right. that it, um, yeah, it was definitely entertaining for, for a while. Hmm. Um, so yeah, then beyond that, um, kind of character creation, you're then brought onto a like spaceship, I think. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah. You're, it's kind of, um, a tutorial mission, I guess. Um, right. And this is before it kind of drops you into kind of the open world where you see a bunch of other people running around. But um, yeah, this was kind of my my first taste of the game. And um, it's a lot of um, I was playing with the keyboard and mouse. So it was a lot of clicking uh, the mouse button over and over again. Right. Um, Which you had mentioned that you plugged in a controller Mm -hmm. um, and felt that it was more enjoyable playing that way. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a third-person beat-em-up, effectively, though it doesn't feel like a beat-em-up. Um, like, I like playing those kind of, uh, I don't know if I'd call it isometric, but just whether it's a 2D side-scrolling beat-em-up type thing, like going back to um, Final Fight or like Double Dragon or things like that. Um, those games, I've enjoyed those games going back to playing them in arcade, like X-Men games and stuff like that way back sure. when. And there's something just satisfying about kind of button mashing and doing combos and that kind of thing as uh, like attacks and stuff. And I've played games that kind of emulate that in 3D space and do kind of uh, top down or, or over the shoulder third person kind of view. And this took that view, but the combat and the action didn't feel, um, I don't know, it just felt like one step removed like when you punched things, it didn't really react properly and you didn't feel like you had any weight behind anything you were doing, if that makes sense. It's like when you talk about an FPS and you talk about how gunplay is bad or good, it's like yeah. it just has a feel to it. And this just didn't feel super engaging in the combat, which, as we'll probably talk about soon enough, um, combat seems to be pretty much all you do in the game. Yeah, I like on that tutorial mission... Um... Like, okay, you're you're fighting along Superman and that that's kind of a novel thing, which is kind of cool for sure. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of clicking away and you have um, some special abilities that are um, kind of attached to like a cooldown system. Um, so every once in a while, you can kind of fire off a little special ability, um, which in my case, um, I had like these fire abilities Um, So my character could um, shoot like fireballs and she had this cool like ground pound kind of thing that um, did a lot of damage, which was kind of neat. And I was able to bind those attacks to my mouse. Um, So really, it got to a point kind of, I would say, maybe 10 minutes into this tutorial mission where my finger was just kind of constantly mashing the, the click button. And right, then the two right. buttons on the side. Um, 
And I actually, there was a point in that mission where I racked up, I think it was like 200 hits consecutively. And literally, I was just standing in the same place, mashing these three buttons kind of at the same time. Um, Because there's no penalty for mashing on one of your special attacks and it's not available. Right, Um, right. So if I just mash these three buttons, at least one of the three would register and um, do some form of attack. Sure. Um, So yeah, at that point of kind of playing the game, I wasn't too confident that the game would get better. Right. Um, Because if you're kind of presenting like the core action of this game is kind of uh of doing this one thing over and over again it's like within 10 minutes i'm not really finding that like very interesting but for sure um, yeah i think i think that's one of the one of the challenges that i remember um in mmos for a long time was how to make some of the core actions interesting and engaging i remember um way back when when there's a conan game that came out and because so many things were cooldown based, even like this game is with your abilities, you just wait till the thing comes off cooldown or like you're saying, don't wait at all because eventually it's going to register again when you just keep hitting the same button. But Conan tried to do something interesting where your different attack uh, directions and stuff could lead into different combos. So you'd have to, you'd have to mash and essentially specific orders to do different things. And that gave you a little more engagement with it. But I think about some of the games like I'm talking about, like, you know, Double Dragon and stuff. And just the feel, like, that game never changes. You know what I mean? Like, you go from Final like final Fight, you go from street to street, you fight maybe a few different wep- or uh, characters. Maybe you pick up, like, a, a box here or there or a, a lead pipe here or there or a knife or something, right? right? But the game doesn't change too much from scene to scene and yet there's still something satisfying about the way combat is done in those games and that's why i bring that in as a direct comparison because you're doing that over and over that loop is is the same over and over and over again and in fact in final fight you don't even really upgrade like you have your you might have a cooldown meter for a combo or things like that um, or a special special ability bar or something like that. But generally speaking, you're doing the same actions over and over and over again from the start to the end of the game. There's no RPG elements. There's no leveling up. There's no Im- skill improvements. And yet the act of that still feels engaging because it feels like the action feels good. It looks good on the screen and it feels like you're you're doing something awesome. And here it just didn't didn't feel that way. Yeah, to, to me, it felt like, um, I mean, the only other MMO I have to compare to is WoW. Um, and even my time on that is pretty limited. Right, um, right. But in WoW, the combat resulted to kind of clicking on characters like over and over again. Um, so this almost felt like they kind of shoehorned this combat into maybe an engine or something that was kind of designed to do maybe more of that style of game. Um, right, yeah, and then just kind of added animations to that, right? Versus, you know, actually building, you know, like there's lots of examples of third-person action games with combat, right? Of course, yeah. Um, why not have kind of some of those gameplay mechanics and controls, um, kind of mixed in with a an MMO? I'm not too sure. 
Yeah, I mean, like I said, there was th- this aspect of MMOs has been kind of or was kind of the norm for a really long time. And that's why, like I said, Conan was like, hey, we're going to try something innovative and we're going to make it so you don't just button mash. I mean, realistically, it's very close to to what we're doing here, except you're doing things at different time times and in different sequences on purpose. And that's part of where the engagement comes from. But it's still kind of the same, you know, in comparison to some of the other ways that we've interacted with characters in combat, even over the games we've um, talked about on on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, yeah. It just it didn't really do much for me. So I was kind of hoping that, you know, once I left that tutorial mission, um, that the game might kind of open up um, because there's been lots of examples of games where, you know, the tutorial is just kind of teaching the, you the basics and, um, you know, the actual game is a lot more fun. Right. Um, so I kind of quit shortly after um that tutorial mission um i actually ran into some performance stuff where um all of a sudden once i was in that open world my my frame rate kind of dropped for some reason Mm, um right right so yeah i i figured okay well this is a good time to quit because i know um uh, we had chatted about um playing this together so i thought Mm -hmm. okay i'll stop here and um We'll kind of re, um, re kind of visit this once we kind of get a chance to play together. Right. Um, how was your kind of first experience playing um, with uh, Kyle? Um, who he was on the PlayStation and you were on the PC. Right. Yeah. I mean, at first we got our characters in, and it took us. It's funny because we had an issue when we played this evening, you and I, on connecting to each other in game we were already using voice chat through the internet to figure out what we were going to do and our timing and and scheduling and stuff but once so once we got in game we were already talking to each other but we couldn't group up in game because there wasn't an easy intuitive way to do that like i was mashing all the buttons on my on my uh controller and it wasn't bringing anything up and then i found out Uh, I had to actually go online to figure out how to do that and figured it out and invited you. And I realized that when I had started before, Kyle had actually invited me to a, to a group online. So I didn't even have to do it the first time. So it was just, it was one of those things where, um, the only reason we were playing this game was so that we could play a game together online. Like otherwise, you know, we may as well just be in voice and player on separate games. Right. Right. Um, so the fact that that wasn't, something that I could easily do from a menu where I had to like figure out what button it was on my, either on my keyboard or on my controller and then go through this little setup. And in fact, I couldn't even figure it out. So I had to search online for it. Um, in fact, there was another thing later on that I tried searching for. It had to do with the rally points and moving around the map, but maybe we'll talk about that a bit later, but it was, it's just weird to be playing a game where you expect as an MMO, massively multiplayer like that's that's what the two m's are right that there would be some it would be easy and intuitive to enter into some form of social contact in the game world right it's not like dc universe online is some coronavirus thing and there's social distancing right um 
So that was that was strange to me. And then the other thing, like moving around the map, was a challenge too, because we would have liked to be able to teleport to different locations. Or once we finally loaded it in and got into a group, to be able to like be close to each other in the same part of the city or whatever. And that took us a significant amount of time to figure out where each other was and then like meet up too. So that was also cumbersome. Yeah. So yeah, when I when when we first brooded the game up um, tonight, um, yeah, we had a lot of issues trying to to kind of get to a point where we could okay, let's kind of play together. Um, we also ran into the issue, which um, kind of happens in a lot of games that we've played online, where if our levels aren't matched. Um, we have obviously different quests um, that we can access. Right, um, in right. fact, when when we finally did connect, um, I was actually in the middle of a quest, um, but I was still allowed to kind of follow you to your quest um, without any explanation of like, no, hey, you should finish this first. Um, but I was kind of following you around on the quest that you were doing. Right. Um, which involved us running from one end of the the city to the other, um, which probably took a good, I don't know, like five minutes, right? Of flying and running up um pillars and stuff. Yeah, I'd say so. It took it took us a while to find each other and then once we got to the same location, um we then, because of the quest we decided to follow, ended up running in another direction to figure out how to like to get there and do something. Yeah, the game isn't very clear, um, or at least that's what I found of like kind of directing you of where you need to go and what you need to do. There was there was on the HUD there was like waypoint markers that would show a distance from your position, but when you went into the map to kind of get a feel for it, there was this kind of warp system built there that you'd expect you'd be able to move around the map faster than running across the entirety of like i'm not sure how big the game world is supposed to be in scale to the real world but it did feel like with even with our your your super flight powers that you know you could move faster or whatever and i could climb walls and glide and stuff it still felt like it took us a long time to get across the map and in some cases in some cases that's okay because you're interested in in the world and the setting and there's there's some video games that they might have a fast travel system but like it's okay not to use it because you're engaged in what's going on in the world around you yeah. but this this didn't i mean we were only in metropolis so i can't speak to some of the other locations in the game but it was it was very samey it was just like running through a city um and there was just a lot of there was people there was very few vehicles the the streets were super wide um and i guess that's just part of maybe the way they had the movement mechanisms or whatever they just needed to make things look a certain way or or act a certain way or maybe because of the amount of um content if they added too many people or cars or whatever um it just wouldn't it just wouldn't render properly or would take too much computing power based on their engine or something but i'm i'm reminded of like some of the spider the recent spider-man games and stuff like that where um this the city felt like alive and like living and breathing and uh, yeah this this felt very much um 
like I, I know this game's pretty old. Sure, um, sure. And by 2020 standards, like it, it looks extremely dated. Um, but even then, I think of games of that era um, that do a good job of kind of creating a real kind of lived in city. Right. Um, even thinking of like Grand Theft Auto, right? Like the amount of life. Sure. Yeah. It's in in that city versus what we played. Um, yeah, it just felt very sparse. Um, there were civilians, but they always seemed to be running um, in the same animation. Right. Yeah. Um, in kind of weird directions. And um, yeah, like you said, there wasn't many cars or vehicles, even though there was lots of roads. Sure. Um, there was a moment where I was kind of flying in the city and it was like, yeah, this kind of feels kind of cool. Right. Um, but I don't know like how much of that I would really enjoy. Like the novelty would probably wear pretty thin pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like um, there, there was a few moments for me too. I remember climbing because my character couldn't fly. So the easiest way for me to traverse is take the time to climb up to a really tall building and then glide. So I found a, like, that I actually just by happenstance found the tallest spire that was in the city. So by the time I got to the very top and looked around, it was kind of neat. Like I, I was reminiscent of doing similar things in Assassin's Creed where you're like, you just have this bird's eye view of this entire yeah. urban area. And that was, that was cool. And then I was able to like glide across the Bay, the Bay area in the game and stuff. And, and, you know, superman's metropolis and stuff so that was cool and i i i don't think by any means i'm not saying all of this is like the worst game ever but i just feel like for a game that's the idea is that it's open world that you can run into you know thugs on the street and like you know defeat them and get experience points and stuff like this as well as there's these instances of areas all over the map where different enemies are spawning and you can just go fight these Brainiac minions or go fight Gorilla Grodd minions or whatever, right? And I feel like for something that's supposed to be that big, um, I guess I guess it just felt fake. I don't know how else to say it. Like, right? I see. I see why they did it the way they did it because it's just it's an easy way to just set up locations on a on a pretty standard like blase map and just drop spawn points in for different characters. And then, and that essentially carries over to their quest system, right? Because every quest is go to this area, fight X of these monsters, or pick up and deliver X of these items in this one zone. Um, and that's pretty much all we did. I mean, we did together, we got to rescue Flash from Gorilla Grodd. So there was that. Um, that felt a little yeah. different. Yeah, that was probably the most memorable thing that we did um, tonight in the game. Um, but yeah, we did a we did one of your quests when we finally met up, and it involved um, basically killing X amount of enemies, traveling to another location, and then killing another set of enemies. And then we flew to kind of my starting area where I had to kill X amount of enemies. Right. Um, right. And then I think. There was like unlocking uh, these machines um, that were transforming uh, civilians into gorillas, which um, was kind of humorous because hmm. um, one of the gorillas was wearing a suit, um, which I thought was funny. 
Um, yeah, I think so there was that. I think the story element there was that they're turning regular citizens into gorillas. Yeah. And it's just funny that the only gorilla we saw that it kept saying gorilla citizen or transformed citizen or something like that was uh, just this one in a suit. There wasn't yeah. like any other different character model. And the suit was just like an oversized suit, like it <laughs> a gorilla wearing a suit. It wasn't like the yeah. suit was ripped like Hulk style or anything. Yeah, it's just kind of funny. Um, so yeah, that was pretty samey samey. And then um, we did, uh, yeah, we had to go rescue the Flash, which um, kind of brought us to this like underground lair, um, which, yeah, just that immediate change of setting and I think just having you and I just on screen um, just kind of made it seem a bit more cooler. Sure, sure. Um, I think, like, it's an MMO about superheroes where everyone's a superhero. Right. But but to me, that kind of um, makes it feel a little less, like, special to be a superhero. Yeah, I th- we, we kind of talked about that a little bit in-game, about the difference between... Um, and I don't know if this is still the common MMO parlance, but the difference between an instance world and like a persistent world. And in a persistent world with with this, like we've got this big city and everywhere we go, there's stuff happening and there's uh, monsters spawning all the time. And you can always go back to this one area and no matter how many of these things you kill, they're just going to come back to life. Because if anybody was ever able to kill all of them, then all the other players that needed to kill those things wouldn't be able to because they're all gone now, right? Um, and some some MMOs have handled that in different ways in terms of not only things to do with spawn rates, but how, for example, if you hunt too much of this particular animal, then you're going to, then, you know, whatever kind of gear you get from them is going to be higher in, in value because the supply and demand economy and stuff like that. But in this, it was just, they would just keep spawning, keep spawning, no matter how long you sat there and how many of these things that you defeated, they would just come back. So that's where things are like persistent areas on the map versus us going into this one zone. I think it was this gorilla grods hideout or lair or something like that. But we both go into this area and the only monsters in there are are an instance of them. So they only exist for our playthrough of that section. So we go in there, and what was interesting about that is James got in there first because of the location we were on the map. So you go in there first, and you defeat a few of these gorillas to begin with. And when I log into or you know load into that instance, I go through the first portion of that area and there's no enemies to fight because you've defeated them all. They're not respawning yeah. on us. It just it shows that you've actually had some um, interaction, some engagement with the world that's changed something. And that felt not only like you're saying like you were unique because you're the only one of two or three superheroes because we were fighting with the Flash. So that's, you know, an NPC superhero. But not only are we one of much fewer number of superheroes, but what we're doing is actually impacting like the world as opposed to we take out a brainiac weird looking walking creature and then another one respawns like 10 feet away from us in 10 seconds yeah or you know you're you're finishing your quest and then as you're done you look behind you and then there's another superhero doing the exact same thing right right <laughs> like yeah it just um, it kind of reveals the gaminess of it, I guess. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I guess all MMOs probably have that same problem, because even 
when I played WoW, it was kind of you could see the same people kind of walking along the same path, doing the same thing. Right, right. And in, in some ways that makes the world feel more alive because there's actually real people doing real things in the world. But if you if you just have this respawn rate so you never run out of things or things never change, um, then it that it doesn't feel real anymore, right? So everything you've done to make it feel like a real living, breathing world is negated by the fact that that's not how the real world works, right? Like if I yeah. if I go to some, I don't know, urban setting and and beat up some criminals that are in that area, uh, those criminals that I beat up and sent to jail are not going to be in that area anymore, right? I mean, or or like in WoW, like you're saying, right? If I go to an area and kill a bunch of spiders um, for some quest, then if I go back there, unless those spiders have laid a dozen eggs and then hatched over the course of a, another month or something like they're not going to be there again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You want to feel like you've had an impact and change on the world. Right. For sure. For sure. And especially as a superhero, because that's kind of your, your main goal as a, as someone trying to save the world. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, it sounds like we're both not too hot on this game. It's, it's funny because I like I like the superhero concept, and I th I feel like um, just looking at the sheer amount of stuff that's available. Like I said, we were just in Metropolis, and there's over half a dozen more city hubs or whatever. There's like Gotham City for the Batman side of things, and there was a few other areas I just don't even remember the names of. Um, and then each of those areas had instance little um, buildings and stuff in them, just like we went into this Gorilla Grodd's location or whatever. So I feel like the sheer amount of content, if you were a DC fan and you wanted to interact with some of these villains and some of their nefarious plans and you wanted to like, you know, do this kind of thing, there's there's a lot of content here that's free, right? It doesn't cost yeah. you anything other than the download, other than the installation. And if maybe you maybe when you're playing with maybe there's a group of five or something and you go into these instant zone and you're fighting with you know four other friends or whatever that might be really awesome um to be fair we did have more fun in the instant zone even though that was a very small portion of our actual play and yeah. i have a feeling like other games have probably made those those design decisions in diff in favor of different priorities right there's some games out there i remember like guild wars for example that a lot of the constant content was instance so you'd always just play through and change the world in your one playthrough of it um and then you'd go to the city hub where you'd meet all the people for the socialization aspect of it where you could interact and form parties and stuff before you go on quests that were all instances again so i think other mmos have have taken those concepts and played with them and found ways where you could feel like you're actually making an impact on the world. It's just this one in this per in the design decisions they made isn't doing me any favors, I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah. There's some interesting things in terms of the sheer amount of content and some of the 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 character creation, but um it's just not something that would hold my interest because like I'm not a huge DC fan. I, I love Batman. I love some of the stuff that has happened in you know some of the characters in the DC universe, but by and large, DC universe doesn't isn't really that compelling to me. Um, so there's not a lot there that I can grab onto. You know? Yeah, I was more of a if I was looking at DC stuff, it would be Vertigo. 
um right yeah kind of absolutely absolutely kind of edgier um stuff when i was reading comics back in the day but yeah i, I think i leaned more marvel um when i was in my comic book stage as well right for sure yeah and i just um, i just feel like it's interesting too because whenever i've thought between like back in the day of dc versus marvel marvel just always felt more real to me and i remember talking or not talking but um hearing interviews with stan lee and stuff and some of the original creation of some of these marvel characters and how he wanted to put them in the real world like it wasn't metropolis or gotham it was manhattan right it was new york city right these were real yeah. places that the superheroes were inhabiting and number two they were dealing with real life problems it wasn't always fighting aliens they were like you know it was peter parker and his aunt may and his uncle ben that got killed and like dealing with with dating issues and like moving into adolescence and and all this kind of thing so not only were they dealing with real world issues but it was in a real place that was represented in the comics versus dc that wasn't really about any of that kind of thing so it's it's kind of interesting that you know I don't know how many decades later we're looking at some of these same characters, Superman, Batman, this kind of thing. And in a game that, you know, was created, I guess, 10 years ago now, but still 2011, which is a lot later than Superman or Batman were created, right? In the 30s and 40s, I guess. And we're still running into this thing where the world doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel like we have an impact on it. And our characters aren't that interesting. And I just think yeah. that's an interesting, like... Um, compare and contrast i guess for sure yeah i yeah i guess i mean it, it was free um sure i don't know if it would be something i would go back to um i mean there's just so much out there that i think i could spend my time playing that would be um more enjoyable um not to say that i didn't have fun um because i always love just trying out new video games that i haven't played sure um and even games that you know have been out for so long and um are probably worth just kind of a visit to kind of see what they're about yeah um yeah. i guess it begs the question for me like two mmos that i've tried i haven't really seen the appeal right um i wonder if there is an mmo out there for me i'm not too sure hmm. well i mean that might be something we could knowing that mmos are things we can play online you know without being in person right without being on the yeah. couch together that might be something we check out over the next little while and maybe maybe do some research in that space and and try a few out see how different ones handle things differently in terms of uh character action versus world and persistence versus the setting and the lore and impacting the narrative versus you know all these types of things we've talked about tonight yeah um yeah de definitely i would be interested in kind of expanding my my gaming palette because um mmos are pretty new to me and like sure. i said i've only tried the two so yeah i will i will say that if you're a dc fan if you like a lot of the characters and a lot of uh you know that world and that setting from the superhero perspective and you want to be able to play with a friend that maybe doesn't have the same console or the same video game system you do then you know check it out right like it's it's free content there's tons here the fact that this game is still going 
almost 10 years later means that they're doing something right for their audience, right? There's a lot of MMOs that haven't lasted this long, right? And the fact that they're still doing something right means that maybe there's late game content, maybe there's PVP content, maybe there's something that we never even got to try that is just a lot more fun than we got to experience. And it's just a shame that you know, there's no way we would know that because we never got to see any of it. And we, the only thing that we were told is the stuff that we got to play through or, you know, buy, buy this pack or whatever to, for this microtransaction. So we weren't exactly informed about any of what the game has to offer outside of what we got to play. So it's hard to say what's there, but I have I have to assume that if the game is still going on now, the servers are still running, people are still playing this, um, that there's content in the game that people are really enjoying and getting value out of. Yeah, and the the world was um, like pretty populated with other players too. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, even in the short time that we played tonight, I got a few invites right um, from players to kind of join their their. What would you call it? A guild? Yeah, or yeah, I, there's there's names in the game for it. League, I think, is what they called it. League, yeah, that's what they called it. To go with um, the so maybe JLA. maybe yeah maybe even if you're looking um, to kind of meet some new people um, that could you know you could kind of explore this game with. It seems like there are people in this game that will kind of reach out to you for sure and i um, and i think the follow-up to that too and this this is something we started talking about but this game being cross-platform means that one of the things that's really important for mmos to get value out of because of the social aspect of it is to have critical mass right like if you and yeah. i if you or i logged into this without logging in together and we're like hey i just want to play a game where i can group up with some people and do some quests together because i i don't have uh, friends that play this game, or I, or maybe I don't have a lot of friends that I, you know, maybe a lot of my pastime is um, solo solo games or something like that, right? Um, if I was to log into this and there was nobody else playing because I could only connect to one platform, I think the value that happens when you do cross-platform is you increase the scale and the scope of how many people can play your game, and that increases the ability for your game to feel like it's active and like you've reached that critical mass. And I think that's really significant. Yeah, I I definitely hope it's a trend going forward that, you know, games will depend less on the hardware that you own. And Mm -hmm. um, it's just something that we can all kind of come together and game together. Um, Yeah, especially under these (laughs) times too, right? For sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I think that would probably do it for... DC Universe Online, unless you had anything else to say? I do not. Um, nope, that's that's all I can think of. Okay, yeah, so um, it's free. So yeah, if anything sounded remotely interesting, check it out. Um, hopefully our kind of commentary on the game kind of uh, steers you in one direction or another. Right. Um Like I said uh, at the beginning of this episode, we took a bit of a break, but hopefully we will be doing this a bit more frequently. Um, I know I've kind of missed doing these chats with Darren Mm -hmm. um, because I find it a a lot of fun. And um, yeah, I love to talk video games. And um, yeah, hopefully this is something 
we can do a bit more going forward. Sure. And yeah, hopefully this sounds okay because we are doing this remotely, which um, we haven't done before. Right, um, right. I guess we'll wait and see how the uh, how things turn out in post and give it a listen. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, so with that said, thank you so much for listening. Um, you can check out um, past episodes and everything that we do on our website, which is at secondplayerpressstart.com. And uh, yeah, I think that will wrap it up for tonight. Mm -hmm. um, as always, um, say goodnight, Darren. Goodnight, James.